Is that? Do you think that's appropriate to get that close to the microphone or no? Uh, I don't know. How good? How good is your mic? (laughs) How good is your voice? Not very good. Juvenile. Yeah, yeah. Juvenile voice. Say it with chest. So, guys, today on the podcast here, we have an old friend of mine. His name is Hunter Rude, also known as Hunter Rudd. And uh, I thought his last name was Rudd for the first four years that I knew him. So, everyone give a warm welcome here to Hunter Rudd. Hunter Rudd. Hello. I'm glad you said Hunter Rude, though, because... uh, Mike closer to the face, though. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. There you go. You'll figure it out. back all the time. Yeah, lean back. I was guiding in Kansas with these guys for like two years. And I'm like, yeah, my name's Hunter Rude. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, it's Hunter Rude. Like, Dude, you literally didn't tell me for, f- like, I've known you for years. I get sick of correcting people. It's just <laughs> easier to be Hunter Rudd. <laughs> you know, I had to call my mom so these guys would, like, believe me. Unreal. All right, guys, let's just get into this. It still feels like we're fresh out of duck season, hunting season in general, mm-hmm. but it's it's been done. It's been still hurts though, dude. When did it get over for you guys? <laughs> well, judging so by your ponytail, dude, it's still going. Yeah. You. Oh yeah, it's gonna be going for a long time too. <laughs> yeah. I gotta get like twelve inches to donate. Oh really? Yeah. What are you at right now? I don't know. I haven't measured. Eleven and a half. All I know is my neck does not get cold. <laughs> yeah. You are go. you are you ready to cut it though? No, you kind of like get feelings for it. Really? <laughs> they said I was, and I didn't believe them. But yeah, you kind of get partial to the locks. See, and that's where I differ because I grew my hair out a while ago, five years ago. We just posted about it. Yeah, did terrible too. Thank you. Did a terrible job on Instagram. Yeah, like yeah. three hundred some likes. Yeah, I miss the old Joey, dude. The old Joey's dead. And for everyone out there, every every fucking TikTok out there where it's like, grow the mullet, grow the hair back. No, dude, I, I can't sleep with my hair that long. Even if I put in like a top knot, could not sleep. It's too hot. I'll it's die. so it's so fitting that you said the old Joey's dead because yeah. on the podcast last week I told everyone that you weren't on it anymore. <laughs> I got a bunch of messages about that. Actually. Did you really? Yes. I know. Like people hit us up because I said this week it's just me and Connor. Actually, Joey's not on the podcast anymore. And so many people messaged and were like, what? Is Joey really not on? No, he's still on the podcast. Just the old Joey's dead. The, the old, old Joey was a lot cooler. <sighs> no, now we got married with a baby. He's on married, the way, dude. Joey. Married yeah. baby yeah, on the congrats way. Congrats on that big Thank shiny you. thing on your finger. Thank you, sir. The titanium ring. Yeah. yeah, it looks like it's an Avengers ring, dude. <laughs> dude, I'm Lord of the Rings. Yeah, there you go. You are the Hobbit. At least you know it's like such a crappy metal that if your <laughs> finger did get hit with like something, it would break before it would like. Bend, you know? What are you talking like, about, it's dude? Like a Titan- safety thing. Titanium is hard as shit. Not from what? China. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a bunch of it's pop water. Cans, it's watered like, down recycled. titanium. They got a different type of smelting over there, or what? Yeah, it's like a bunch mm. of Coke cans. Like yeah, they recycle down. they recycle aluminum and then call it titanium. That makes sense. That's true China fashion. There you right go. There. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I mean, if it's at Japan, then it you know be a little different. Yeah. Sure. Quality. So anyway, Hunter. <laughs> yeah. What do you want to talk you about? Why am I here? You fuckhead. Um, why don't you tell everyone what you do? Because I I've known you for I don't know four years probably. Yeah, Probably since so the up till tonight, you've been calling him Hunter Rudd. 
Yeah. No, 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 no. No. <laughs> Last year. Said four years. I've known you for Dude, years. he literally just never said anything to me right. about it. Or then maybe it was it. Scott who said it. He's like, you know, his last name is rude, right? I'm like, what the fuck? And then I snapped. Uh, anyway, so. Pretty rude, honestly. I've known you for yeah, about welcome. four to five years or so. And I met you because you were working for Scott. Yeah. Trying in a Mulkier. Yep. And what what were you doing there? Let's just get a fucking rundown on who you is, bro. Starting from the, like, high school. Sure. Well, so everything like, in the outdoor industry, how about? Yeah, so we'll just start. I'm a full-time photographer and videographer right now for mm-hmm. Capture Creative, which we're based out of Minnesota. And uh, I guess starting out, I picked up a camera when I broke my back in high school. Motorcycle accident, broke my back, didn't have the clear to shoot a gun. So uh took my mom's camera, like just some cheap, crappy Canon camera on the first goose hunt. It was like an early season goose hunt, shot like four bands. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how I got started. Then... Broke my back, so I couldn't really go into the construction trade. So I was just going to go straight work for my dad, the company my dad works for. So I was like, oh, I got to find a college, you know, to fuck off for like a year or two. Right. Until my back healed. So I was like, where is hunting good? Where is waterfall hunting good? And I was like, oh, Kansas, you know, I'll, I'll head down there. Found a community college to go to for uh, wildlife management. Then I was going to transfer to K-State. Big plans. Went for a year, and during that year I found out, like, oh, you can go get permission on a, a duck and goose field, you know, that has geese in it and sell it to an outfitter for $100, and then you can go hunt with them. So I was mm. like, this is freaking awesome. And got kind of tangled up with the outfitter. I was uh, taking photos and videos for him, and then uh, ended up at Big Kansas Outdoors, which a lot of people probably know that. Started guiding there for three years, I think. Kind of got burnt out. What, you know. what made you burned out about it? Oh, dude, just going... Every day from, like, November to, what's their season go now, till like... January. No, it goes into February. Kansas? Oh, yeah. for, for darks and shit? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we went hard, like, you know, when duck season and goose season closed in, like, central or whatever, we go to southeast, which I hated that. Mm. But, you know, good duck hunting down there. But anyway, just got burned out just waking up, living off energy drinks, mm-hmm. nicotine, you know, <laughs> just living the dirty goose guide life mm-hmm. for three years in and out. And then uh, went back home, started, uh, well, I guess home is southeast Minnesota, big town of Caledonia. Did construction for a little bit. Goose hunted. Actually, goose hunted when I was guiding in Kansas up in Rochester with, like, all the molt gear guys, you know. Mm-hmm. Got in that group. And then I started working for Scott and, like, Filmed the hunts, took photos, took the product photos for the calls and all that. And then also did, like, call production, so painting calls, which is you're literally getting paid to watch paint dry. Yeah. Yeah. People say you never get paid to watch paint dry, but I did (laughs) for a little bit. And then, yeah, so did production, call production, whatnot. Then after that, after two years of making goose calls and duck calls, I was kind of like, I'm kind of bored with this. What's the next thing? But I was like wanting to do like photography and videography like full time. I was kinda like working my way into it. I had a few paying clients at the time. And uh I was kinda like chit chatting with uh the guys at Capture Creative, which Taylor runs a page. So I was talking to him and I was like, Yeah, I see you guys are turkey hunting, like come down and like turkey hunt with me. I've seen you guys haven't killed one yet. Come down to the the homeland and just give him a little yeah, yeah. see that you suck at this shit Why yeah pretty much i was like you <laughs> haven't killed a turkey in like three weeks dude like come down and hunt with me and like we'll at least see some and get some photos 
everybody calls them like collaborations. Like we we did a collab, it's collab, bro. Yeah, and I like started up my company like I don't want to say like a week or two before he was coming down, and I got a random phone call from him like three days before he was supposed to come down. He's like, hey, um, how about you just shut down the page you just made and that business you're trying to run and just come work for us? And I was like, hell yeah. You know? Right. And it was perfect. Came down turkey hunt. We didn't kill one. So, <laughs> oh, well. That was in the spring. And then uh, first gig with him was actually for Meat Eater. And it was the Meat Eater Back 40 series. And uh, went there with Jordan Riley, which is the other part owner in Capture Creative. Yeah, we spent a lot of time in Michigan filming Mark. Yeah, so that's kind of how I got going. Um, when you were arm. when you were working for Scott, what did he bring you on for at first? Was it for your photography, videography, or, or uh, did he just need help in the in the shop? Both, pretty much. I think he knew that I could help him out in the shop with the, the added bonus that I knew how to run a camera. Yeah. So kind of just like a, I think it was a combination of both. Mostly probably needed me to paint calls. Yeah, <laughs> but then like sugar coated it with uh, yeah, you're doing our photography and videography work, so nice. And then uh, why why'd you leave there? Was it just because you felt like you could make more money doing other shit, or you just wanted to chase your your passion of just being a full time videographer? Next steps, kind of next thing. step, it's going with the flow. So what are you doing now? So now you're at Capture Creative still. Yep. Yep. And you're full time on the road. You're part time. I mean, are you like you're still living in Minnesota? Yeah, I'm working remotely. I you okay. say, but yeah, 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 full time. Okay, so I've been full time for two, two or three. I don't know. I it's in the past. I don't worry about it. How many people work for Capture Creative? <laughs> so far, full time. It's me, Taylor Coleman, and Jordan Riley. Okay, and then we have like some part time guys, like uh, Taylor's cousins like contribute a little bit and then uh my buddy matt hogan just got brought on yeah no we know matt oh yeah yeah do we know matt well we know we know of matt connor and matt are our buddies oh okay i was gonna say i recognize the name when you said it earlier but i've probably seen him on our instagram page posting shit and yeah he kind of does his own little thing too oh yeah he does like some of his own like youtube videos and all that type of stuff oh yeah i forgot what's his his channel again um, uh, Tomahawk Tomahawk, Tomahawk oh, Pursuits. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen his viral bow fishing video? Yeah, no, yeah. It's pr- yeah, it's pretty sick. Yeah, that's what Connor showed us too. Yep. The okay. one that has like 11 yeah. million views yeah. because like overseas got a hold of it and it's right. all death threats in foreign languages sure. on the comments. Yep. Yeah. No, okay. Awesome. That's Yeah. And he he shoots mallards pretty good on the Mississippi. Oh yeah, he he like lives probably 45 minutes north of me. Yeah. So, it's kind of nice cuz when he has birds, I can go up there and hunt. Yeah. And when I have birds, he can come down. Down with me, so that's cool. When you're Works not out, out of state, yeah, this year didn't really work out that good. So I was gonna say, how much are you on the road? Uh, a lot. Yeah. So in January alone, I was gone for 20 days. So wow, doing Fuck. top secret stuff. You know, there you go. Not really, but yeah. Is that like pretty common then? Like start of September, October, like you're pretty much on the road quite a bit. Yeah, like I can guarantee, like. November, I'm going to have at least two weeks that I'm on the road. Yeah. Just for, like, whitetails. For sure. Like, mm-hmm. our scheduled trip for, like, whitetail hunting this year, like, this the first or second week in November. Like, scheduled, we had, like, 14 days set aside that I could have been there filming. But, obviously, we we killed before them 14 days because it's Kansas and it's the rut. But, yeah. Yeah. So, is that is that how that kind of works then? Like, you basically are just, like, ready during a time, like, you know, period of time? Oh, no, no. Like, they have them time. They, like... I know the schedule, probably September, 
of okay. what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys are setting up like specific dates. Okay. Like, hey, these dates, we're going to this area. We're going to target whitetail. We're going to. Yep. Yep. So there's like a laid out dates. It might differ like a day or two within like a month beforehand, but it's pretty laid out before the fall begins. Yeah. And most of your work is for. First light. Okay. I film a lot for first light. Okay. So. And meat eater then? Uh, so I went on one meat eater shoot this year in Arkansas with uh, Clay Newcomb. Ended up there hunting whitetails for five days, I believe it was. Okay. So. Does does Captured Creative still shoot a lot of meat eater stuff? Uh, a little bit, but I mean we're we're pretty busy with just all the first light stuff, and then we have a bunch of other like companies that we take photos for and sure. do small projects for. So yeah. And that's what I was wondering, like, what does your daily responsibilities look like then? I mean, are you, like, mostly on the road enough to where you're editing pretty much when you're not on the road? Uh, yeah, and, like, just, you know, getting your life back together. Like, yeah. you know, in uh, January, I came home for, like, four days. I was gone for 10 days, came home for four days, and then left for another 10 days. So, I mean, like, you're getting home and, like, unpacking, doing your laundry. Yeah. You know, you know. Business stuff, filling out an invoice and whatnot, and organizing, figuring out the gear that you need for the next trip. Right. And reorganizing, because at the end of the trip, you're just like gear explosion. So the fall is pretty, like, you know, go, go steady. Yeah. You know, there's not much downtime in between. Were you like a waterfall hunter first and foremost, or are you just kind of like a hunter and you did hunt waterfowl and you know what I mean? I was kind of like the redneck kid growing up that I did like a little <laughs> bit of everything, like squirrel hunting, trapping. I oh, was a yeah. really big trapper in high school, but now like for ain't worth anything, so I don't do that much. Right. Um, kind of feel bad just killing the animals. Well, like I've, I've heard it's right. starting to go back up though. Like coons are worth a lot more these days than they were eight years ago. No. But that's what I've heard. Well, I want to know who you're talking to. Because like NAF, NAFA like North American fur auctions yeah. like ended like it's no longer existing to my knowledge. I believe that they're just like closed down after the dude died, mm. but I'm not hundred percent sure. But like dude, like in high school I could sell a coon for like $35. Yeah. It was a good one. And they were $40. And now like I took one like last year and then dude's like, Oh, I'll give you a dollar for it. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay. A like, dollar. You know, I'd rather, like, skin it and, like, tan it and, I don't know, let my dog chew on it for a dollar than give it to that guy that he's going to profit on it for $10, you know? Right. I was going to say, I thought they were worth, like, $12 now. I mean, maybe, but that's yeah, probably, but that's like, not the biggest. I mean. That's probably like, the biggest, darkest coon tan skin stretched everything mm. ready to go. But I don't know. I could be wrong. I haven't it's looked so at crazy, it this year. Though. But, huh. yeah, it's crazy how much that dropped. But back to... Duck yeah. hunting, you know, I told you I'm going to just like <laughs> squirrel, squirrel. I'm the same fucking way, dude. Don't even worry about it. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I deer hunted quite a bit. And yeah, I I love duck hunting. Like, yeah, you know, it'd be November 3rd, 4th, 5th, you know, prime deer season. I'd, I'd be heading to the river. So is it like your number one thing to hunt? Like you still like a duck hunter? Uh, yeah, but these past few years after I got kind of burnt out with the waterfall industry, I started filming a lot of deer hunts and learning a lot from like the people that I'm filming. Cause yeah. like, the people that I'm filming are like some of the best, you know, yeah, in the deer world. hunters in the world. And like, you're just sitting there like analyzing everything they do and just learning from them. Then you kind of like take it home. You're like, kind of like, Oh, I want to go do that, you know? Sure. And, uh, so I got in real big into deer hunting and then like, uh, probably the last two years 
And now this year I went to Canada for a trip filming Waterfall, and then I did a trip in where Arkansas, Maryland, and then I went to Texas for fun, hunting cranes, and then I went to Idaho on a duck trip too, filming. And I mean, that kind of like lit a fire under me again, so. In Idaho? Yeah, everywhere, like Idaho <laughs> and Maryland were both really cool and kind of lit a fire that I, I needed, <coughs> like I want to get back into it and like mm-hmm. next year it's guns blazing. Let's go. So yeah. if you're, so you're traveling around, you're hunting in all these cool places with all these crazy people. What is like a story that immediately pops out to you that you're like, wow, like that was just a crazy experience or that was super sketchy what happened, anything like that that pops out? Something really cool that pops out is I was in Idaho this year and uh, duck hunting the last day of season and uh, all three of us were in camp, so it was pretty freaking cool. Me, oh, Taylor, the and Jordan. Yeah, guys. it doesn't really happen like that. Usually there's one guy at home base, you know, manning the cannons and we were all there. And the last evening, the guy that we're filming in the morning was going to go hunt this. He got invited to hunt this schwancy, dancy duck club. Like, I think it was like, I think they're raising the price out there to like $85,000 for 10 members. Like, yeah. So he was going to go do that. And they're like, what do we do for content? You know, making content this evening. We're like, oh, let's just drive back. There's walk in peace. And they're like, we seen some ducks and geese fly over it when we're filming the other day. We walked in and, uh. Us three walked in, and I threw out, like, five decoys, and uh, they are like, that's all you're going to throw out? And I was like, yeah, I mean, we kicked up five ducks. You throw out five decoys. It's that simple. You know, duck hunting doesn't have to be complicated unless you right. make it, and everybody right. enjoys making it complicated. Yep. Ended up shooting, shot one duck that morning, and I ended up rounding up my limit for six shots with six ducks to end the duck season, last day duck season. That was nice. That was like a pinnacle. Like, it's like, this is freaking awesome. Like that lit my fire. I was like, Oh, it just gives me like the shivers. Just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. it was All so green heads too, of course. Uh, no, there was a, a gold eye that came ripping through and I was, I and was the Minnesota and you had it. to shoot it. Oh yeah. And it was beautiful, dude. Like, 100%. I mean, was it a Barrows? No, that far west? no, it was, it was zipping through and I thought there was a chance of it being, so I just shot it. Yeah. And, uh, Even no, it was not, just you're a, shooting that. Come yeah, on. Yeah. It was just common, like big old stud Drake. And I mean, like you look at that in a green head, that thing is way prettier than the green head, you know? I mean, to eh. each his own. Yeah. Right. Well, cause out there you can shoot your six ducks. You can shoot seven out there. Seven. Yeah. yeah. So I shot one that morning. <coughs> well, that's a perfect limit then in my opinion. Oh yeah. You, just gotta you get got it. your bonus duck and then you got the rest of their mallards, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's some snobby people out there that just like nothing but green, you know? Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of other ducks that are way cooler than mallards. Yeah. Oh, well, they're beautiful, you yeah. know, but I think the the thing about mallards is how you can work them, you know, and how susceptible they all do, they are to a slutty, slew slut hen call, you know. Yeah, but you say that, but have you ever seen a gadwall decoy or a yes. wigeon? Yeah, of course, so I, like, of course I have. Oh, when they come in your face, <laughs> nothing better. Hey, let's let's keep the oh, sex on, down, okay. sex talk down okay. to a minimum, okay? I thought this was uncensored. <laughs> dude. Ain't that like a Joe edited, Hines? Like, edited out. Oh yeah. you had Joe on here? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, it just came right into our suck hole, right into our little grass hole, dirty yeah. little ice hole. <laughs> Every time we have Joe on, though, we have to get an insurance policy, and we didn't do that for this episode. So you guys are screwed. <laughs> yeah. Let's try to take it easy, bud. Yeah, we didn't get the liability insurance here. 
But um, why don't we talk about our sponsor for this week's podcast? It is Camo Retro. Have you ever heard of Camo Retro, Hunter? Uh, I think I browse their website once. So they have pretty cool hats and stuff. Oh, they have badass old and new hunting gear. It's like a, a consignment store of camouflage. So if someone from the 80s is like, I've only worn this once, whatever, I want to get rid of it. Now I'm a 4X and I was a 1X back then. Might as well sell it. Camo Retro is the place to do that. And I, and I, it's so difficult. I haven't been on his website in like two months because of my bank account. I'm just like, you know what? I can't go there because if you actually like scroll through his website, it's dangerous. Like, honestly, I need, that. I need, I need, that. I need I everything. Need there was a, there was a pink hat with like a, it was like the old flat bill with like the rope going above oh, it. Oh yeah. It was a pink hat, like a, like a really faded pink hat with a dark Canada goose up there. And I can't remember what it said, but I was like. I texted Logan and I'm like, "Hey, you need to save that half for me." <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I, mean, I I just can't do that. I mean, as a waterfall hunter, don't you need like at least like eight hats on your dash? Mm-hmm. Like it's a minimal. Hundred percent. No, it's a it's a very dangerous store for me to go on, and Roya has actually blocked it on her, you know, on our IP address. I can't go on it anymore. So yeah, she has like little child account for you. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know it's a child account though. It's just when he tries to type shit in, it doesn't work. Right. He's like C A M and it doesn't pop up, you know? Like, did I spell that right? <laughs> yeah. So he's not very technology based, so she basically has, you know, um free reign. Yeah, she has free reign on how she controls his technolo- technological use. We've only been married so, for a week, so Hey, can I ask you a question? Why do people say videographer or videographer? Because which one is it? Oh, I don't even know. I probably say a different one every time I say it. Because every time I listen to Josh Bodkin, Joey, mm-hmm. who's another videographer, say videographer, it makes me scared. I'm like, what? I don't like that word. If I've been saying it wrong my entire life. Yeah, it sketches me out because it's videographer. I mean, if you spell it, it's v- it's just one video o. Videographer. Yeah. Right. That's how it's said. Yeah, but, I kind of stutter every time. Before I say that too, it's like uh, video er, <laughs> videographer. Yeah. See, that's what that's what people say. That's what you said earlier. Videographer. It should, ju- it should just be videographer. So did I say that? it correctly the first time? I think no. Okay, that's fine. I'm all right. Yeah, with that. Public, yeah. I mean, you public school, right? You are the videographer. You know, videographer. But a videographer is what you really are. Okay. Yeah. I think we might is be that taking that a little too far. But did you go to public school? Uh, for a few years. Then you to went to private school? No, I went to private. You just didn't go to school, man. Flip-flop. Just for a couple of years. <laughs> private, then public? Yeah. He, he got his grade six. and well, I went to the Lutheran school. Then uh, so ah, see you later. Same. Oh, yeah. Same. But I went K through 12. I went you K went the whole time. So that's that's why he didn't learn anything. <laughs> I went preschool through third grade, I believe. Oh, okay. So you learned stuff after the third grade then. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> when you, you like transfer, you're in like the Lutheran school or the private school in like third grade and then you go to fourth grade public, you don't even learn anything the fourth the fourth right, grade year right, in public because you're like I think we were learning cursive that year and I was like, I already learned that. Like Oh yeah. So Yeah. God, God you guys are smart. I know. So sick. Okay. People, nah, yeah. people are gonna click off this podcast. A hundred percent right yeah. now. Yep. <clears throat> so it's really bad. Uh, when I see your Snapchats or Instagram stories and you're just sitting in a tree and you're like in that harness and whatever. Oh the saddle? For, first of all man looks awful it looks terrible is and you're always bed? just here's the funny part about hunter i don't know if you follow him on instagram or not but he uh he has like a plano tackle box just filled with snacks that he just eats all day 
Oh yeah, I'm I'm known for the snacking. Snack King. I did that snackle box, like kind of be sarcastic. <laughs> snackle but box. I uh, found it to be like a. It's so convenient. I mean, your snacks don't get squished. You don't have to deal with like noisy wrappers. You can just quietly <laughs> undo it. You have a platform to eat on. It's so convenient. Okay. Like I thought it was gonna be stupid, and I just did it for just for just for the gram, you know, mm-hmm. be cool. But it's actually like very convenient, and I'm continuing to use it. Like. It's turned into something you actually care about. Yeah, I think you guys should, like, you know, maybe pursue that and market it on Midwest Flyways, you know. Probably not, though. Snackle box. Yeah. Yeah. I'm probably, probably good. I'm probably good on yeah. that, but thank you. Yeah. Thank you, though. No problem. We're pretty, like, <laughs> we try to be pretty minimal, you know, <laughs> except for layout blinds. Joey's not that minimal in that, but everything else, we're I just pretty have minimal a, in. I have a tango-free layout it's blind. It's the biggest layout blind like, in the it's world. It's fucking huge. You, you ever you, seen, I mean, like, a tango-free layout blind? Is the biggest layout blind ever. It's the size no, of a pickup bed. I'm pretty sure. Have you ever seen the one Alps made where you like stake out the sides like yeah. eight foot? Zero oh, gravity. Hey, guess what? And it has though, like dude? a lounger in it. Here's the those. thing though, dude. Here's the thing. When they fold up, they're one third the size of the tangle free blind. Oh, yeah. well. I mean, you're just stacking them. Who cares how long they are? You have like a 16 foot trailer. I know. Well, here, here's the thing. Our friend Matt brought out his tangle free. <laughs> Blind and that thing is much bigger than it's mine. On, it's like the fl- the but Matt, uh, flight series like, XL, you know. Matt's okay. like six foot four, whatever the fuck. How tall he? He's huge. He is an NFL offensive lineman. He's huge, dude. And like he needs a blind like that because you're not going to put him in a tiny box. You might as well just bury him under the ground then. Yeah, you know? I mean, most of the time, pardon my phone weather notification. Wow, dude, it's going to be noticeably colder in Caledonia tomorrow. Wow, just so podcast listeners. Thanks, God. thanks, <laughs> thanks for that. And. uh I hunt out of a power hunter a lot. You know, people hate on condom. Yeah, the condom. <laughs> but they're the best to film out because you can hide under that little flap. <laughs> best Connor, filming. Connor says the same shit, dude. Yeah, he hates filming out of a layout blind. I mean, go try to hide like five power hunters, and then go try to hide like five tangle freeze. You know, a lot more convenient. Well, you know what's interesting about the power hunter is there's about eight straps to put stubble in. Okay. Yep. Yeah, and it's terrible. And the tangle free has about two hundred, so okay. you can stick more grass in there, and then you're actually more hidden. Now, also, I don't have a giant bubble over my head, and I don't have to go like this, and then sit up. And there's like zero back support, and you're literally in a condom. So if you're any, you're in any sort of like a, a wet field, your entire body's getting soaked after you get out of the blind one time. Yeah, I mean that's true. I Tell me I'm really, wrong. I don't care about you know layouts. getting wet. Yeah, you don't care about getting wet, just so that's why you just wear a wetsuit. You know, I got what? clothes that are waterproof. Nice. You, know? you do a wetsuit. Yeah, that's sick, dude. Yeah, that's so committed. You remember them, like, uh, dude? He's so committed, that bro. Guy that fucking wetsuit guy. Remember that waterfall like company that was trying to like <coughs> market like it was like instead of waiters, you're just gonna wear this whole wetsuit. You guys mm-hmm. ever see that? How long ago was that? Oh, probably like two years ago. It didn't take on, but they, they like showed like a dude like sitting on his ass in the middle of like a little creek or river or something like that, and they're trying to market it. Like instead of wearing waders, you should just wear this like wetsuit. It's so <laughs> warm and all this. I wish I, I do could not find remember it. that. Was that like coupled with the muskrat hut? Uh, no, the you muskrat know, you, hut was a lot better idea than this. Mm. I would, I would like hunt out of a muskrat hut. I, I would too, dude. Dude, you could kill a bunch of ducks. You ever My, seen those? Yeah, I have. Oh, they're the shit. Dude, on the sippy in the like overflow. Oh, you could sit anywhere you wanted to. <clears throat> Money. Well, I you're mean, float. You're sitting in like you're. It has like you're suspended underneath you. Yeah, the ducks don't know where a muskrat hut built his house. No, no, you idea. know, like 
go out in the middle of nowhere. I always thought if you got a beaver house looking blind on a boat, you would kill so many ducks out of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you could put it in the middle, on the bank, in the cattails, anywhere. 100%. Be the best thing ever. <coughs> anyway. Squirrel. Have you guys, Squirrel. <laughs> have you guys ever hunted out of, a, like, an Invisiman? Like, a cha- those chairs or whatever? Yeah, I have once. You used to film for one out of Scott. With How Scott. was it? It's comfy. It's like you're sitting in a lawn chair. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Well, I had, like... Oh, which one is there? Invisa Man and Invisa Lay. Yeah, There's, I yeah, was yeah. Invisa Man, like the little lawn chair one. Yeah, and yeah, like it was the Invisa chair, I think. Yeah, because they have the little spring loaded thing. You just hit it with your elbow, and it just goes bloom, and oh, then no you just shit. come out, you know, firing. Like you could, yeah, it's 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 pretty badass. See, that's what yeah. needs to happen on so many other blinds because the amount of times where you're guiding or whatever, and you just have people having a really hard time getting out of their layup line, or a safety incident happens. It's like, oh shit, you know. But if there's like a little button, you just like click it with your elbow, and you're you're right there. Well, it didn't spring you up. <clears throat> no, I know. Okay, I know. No, I'm just saying, like the doors. Yeah, the doors would flap open or it something. Was like a little hut, little muskrat hut. But we always joke, like down the river, like if all of us just bought them Invisimans or whatever for one year, like, and we could ditch the boat, and everybody would have a blind, we'd kill so many more ducks. But I mean. We haven't done it yet. We've been saying we've been gonna do it for years. So maybe I know this every be the year. Every year, Joey tries to convince me that we're gonna buy like sneak bo- like sneak boats, dude, mm-hmm. and just give up on I like just, the boat thing. I want to fucking turn into sneak boat. Want guys. two two man sneak boats, like where it's like you're laying down in the boat, right? One person lays right next to the other. One person operates their door. The other one operates the other. Dude, that would be so fucking killer. Instead of having that, have you ever seen like the? I think uh. Not Gator Tail. It was X X Track or Gator Track. Gator Track's the four yeah. man one. That's yep. a little bulky, but it looked. It looked. I was because when I bought my Excel, I was really looking at that, mm-hmm. and it was like eight grand more. And I'm like, I, I can't. Shit. Jeez, I can't bro. do it. I can't do it. Especially that boat weighs like twelve hundred. Eight pounds. grand more. Oh yeah, that's mayhem <laughs> for a fucking sneak. Boat. No, so the Excel was seven fifty. The hull. And then the motor was two fifty, so it was a thousand pounds dry. Dry. Sounds about right. Because I had a Fowler and a Mud Buddy when I was young, mm. or my dad did. I used it, but that was like seven hundred and three hundred, I believe. So that's pretty heavy. Yeah, it was, especially when. Well, you those Fowlers are not light. Yeah. No, they're freaking yeah. tanks, especially when you get stuck and you're like one hundred ten pounds, sixteen year old by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Got to grunt a little bit. <laughs> Well, that's how you broke your back. Yeah. 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 You know, mud boat accident. <laughs> Fever house came out of nowhere. Wide open. Yo, you got stuck and you had to push it out and you're. Yeah. Yeah. Break your back. Oh my God. Okay. No. So, what I was saying before about filming Whitetail, how is that not the most boring fucking thing on the planet? It. Because there's so much downtime. It right. can be, but like when we were filming Kansas, like there's deer everywhere and you're just like watching deer and hoping deer are coming in. The guys I film are like super good. Super good shit, and, like, I filmed Greg Farrell a lot, and, like, I mean, we chit-chat in the stand mm-hmm. quite a bit, and, uh, I mean, then sometimes you just got to be like, you know what, this is a lot better than sitting in an office. Mm. So, there's that point, and, like, I mean, it ain't as bad as you think, especially, like, if Seems you're, not, as bad if as you're not, like, at home, like, there's there's no, like, fear missing out on anything, so, like, you're just like, oh, yeah, I'm in a tree chilling, you know? Could be at home. 
doing nothing. I mean, the way that do it. Y- the way that you're telling me about it right now, I feel really, really, really sold on it. Yeah, I mean, you're in a saddle and you kind of like just swing around, eat snacks. Yeah, you know, talk to your buddy. Sometimes you have cell service, so you and can the, like watch it. The only problem is I'm being really sarcastic. Yeah, I know. I was and, just going along with it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and the thing is, though, <laughs> is it sounds terrible. It sounds I boring mean, as shit. Are you does, up there dude. all day? It does. Oh, yeah. I did like five all-day sits in Arkansas this oh year. The first three God. days, we didn't even see a deer. Why were you in Arkansas to shoot deer? I don't know. I ju- I'm just the cameraman, and... Uh, but the thing is, we'd get into the stand like two hours before daylight. And I was like, well, after that, like, it's the first day, second day. I'm like, well, we ain't going to see anything today either. 11 o'clock, take like a 15-minute power nap. Be ready for the rest wow. of the day. But, I mean, the guy I was with was, like, very motivated to kill a deer. But that's, like, his tactics. Like, you go spend as much time in the woods as you can, then you finally kill one. Did he kill one? Not with me. Mm. Got close, though. But, nope. So That's what do you mayhem? So but what yeah, you, it can be really, really boring. But like, I've gotten used to it now. I mean, like, I'm a deer hunter. You guys aren't deer hunters, are you? No, I grew yeah, up see, doing it, but it's fucking boring. Well, you were probably like raised like rifle hunting on opening morning at no. deer camp. No, we were not. Wherever we hunted, we couldn't use a rifle. It was always slug or bow. Oh, like the same thing. Shotgun season, like you yeah, saw but the deer camp and like. You're there, dude, Browns. Like down. I will say though, like Joey's Joey's dad and his buddies were He's like intense. hardcore. He's okay. fucking like, intense. Like if it was they weren't just like, player. well, let's get out there and see if we can shoot a doe. You know, it wasn't. Yeah. It's not that. No, like, I wasn't allowed to shoot anything under a ten pointer. So, I mean, you saw a lot of eight pointers, but like, I don't know. In that area of Minnesota, it was like there were a lot bigger deer. So everyone in camp was like, if anyone were to ever shoot a spiker. Oh, death. Yeah. No, you would be the one hanging by your ankles. You're not coming back next no, year. No, yeah. No, they just report you to the You're DNR. You're not coming back at all. Yeah. They I mean, just report you to the DNR. You know, it's not about next year. It's about, like, do you have a family at home? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I get your point that it's going to be boring. And, I mean, it can be. But, like, I still get the rush that, like, the hunter gets when, like, a big deer comes in, you know? Well, sure. Like, after Greg shot his deer this year, my like my legs were shaking. Like you know, you get the rush still, so you're kind of just like you're hunting yourself, but you just ain't pulling the trigger. Sure. But well, what do you what do you like filming better, waterfowl, turkey, deer? Uh, waterfowl, just because really? you can get away with so much. You can like move, you can talk. Yeah, you, you can know? have like friends. Yeah, turkey hunter, like turkeys, like they're like, oh shiny thing, fuck it, get get the hell out of here, you know. Mm. And then, like deer hunting, then you have scent. Oh my god. You're ozoning everything and, like, you know, spraying down, running ozonics in the tree. I mean, what? if it wasn't for scent, I mean, it would it'd be a lot better. But Running ozonics in the tree? Two of them. What? My Are you God. kidding me? What, for your breath or what? Anything. It's for the fucking snackle you know box, snacks? bro. Like, the snackle box is fucking up. Yeah, the I mean, whole sometimes situation. I, I think about that. Like, I open my snackle box. I'm like, mm, that smells good. I'm like, oh, wait, I'm supposed to be scent free up here. Dude, you got two Ozonics going. But the, the good thing is I'm usually, like, behind the hunter, and the wind's in his face. So, like, he can't smell my snacks. Mm-hmm. So. I guess that's. Fuck, that's so. It's so insane. That's so intense and sounds so boring. It's wait. a lot of prep work to go and film. You ever have a lot of guys being like, hey, did you do this? Did you do that? Uh, no, because, uh, they kind of know I know the system now. 
mean, sometimes you cheat the system. But like, <laughs> like, oh, I didn't know it was on this piece, but I'm still going to wear it. But, you know, if you have merino wool, it's supposed to, you know, eat the odor or whatnot anyway. So Is it antimicrobial? I believe that's the Don't word. Know. 100% I, is the word. Great job, Joey. Point Vasalo. <laughs> um, Vasalino. Point private school. Point, so, point private school. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I truly have no idea. I think that's the word for it. I'm not sure. I don't know. The The thing about deer hunting for me is the sitting still, no scent, be quiet. Mm-hmm. So just like everything mostly about it. Yeah, pretty sure. much. And everything opposite of waterfowl. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I think that's why I like to waterfowl and not turkey hunt or deer hunt. Like anything that depends on scent or being quiet or sitting still at all times, it's just like, fuck, dude. I'm so out. Yeah. I don't have enough patience for that. Oh, yeah. And I'm ADHD, so. Yeah, we know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And just, like, also so boring, though. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you don't have ADHD, because I don't have ADHD, but so boring. Yeah. I don't know, man. I always tell myself, like, someday I'm going to become a deer hunter. Someday I'm going to, like, deer hunt. If you have good hunting. land, it's fun to deer hunt. Yeah. If you have bad land, it sucks. It sucks. You know, but you like, isn't, yeah. You like hunting, but you hate waiting. Didn't, like, Rod Daniel say that? That's, like, most on-spot quote ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unreal. <laughs> mm. So you're still you you like right now would qualify yourself more of a deer hunter than a waterfall hunter at this time? Uh, no, I'd say fifty fifty. Okay, I'd say I have more knowledge in waterfall hunting than I do deer hunting. Yeah, well, but, to on your part there, there is so much shit that can go into deer hunting, and it's so area specific. Mm-hmm. Fuck, I mean, there's just no one's ever gonna know everything about deer hunting. No, and you, it's, it's like way possible. harder to learn too because it only happens like. You only kill a deer once a year where, like, you can go out waterfall hunting and kill them, like, You can get way more trial and error. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, deer hunting, you have, like, you know, sometimes you don't even see the deer and, like, you fucked up that time. But, like, he winded you how many hundred yards away and he didn't say a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, or catches your scent when you walked in or, you know, anything like that. You don't know. So, like, it's harder to learn. <clears throat> yeah. It is, and, in like, a lot of, like you said, a lot of times you don't know if you've fucked up yeah. or not. Yeah. Just because they don't show up. Yeah, exactly. They can smell you from a mile away or whatever. They yeah. they hear you break a branch or something. So you walk in, everything, like, you're released tings off the stand, you know, in the morning, or you open up the snackle box, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get the snackle box going. Very important. You know what's actually um, pretty funny? Uh, my parents out at the cabin, there's a lot of deer traffic out there, like a lot. My dad's a big deer hunter, always has been. And he always shoots a booner. Like, every time he shoots a buck, it's, it's a heavy basket eight. It's always beyond the ears every single well, time. Well, it's not a basket, though. It's like, basket's like, me. Oh, I mean, it's it's like a perfectly symmetrical. Like not, it's, not a it's deer a, hunter. It's yeah, a beautiful, yeah. beautiful main beam. Buck. Whatever. He always shoots a, this year he actually shot an eight. I was pretty surprised. But it was a fucking giant eight. Yeah, and Joey's uh, on the phone with him. He goes, shot only an eight, huh? Because in years past, he shot 12s, 14s, lots of 10s. We know that, like, doesn't classify the age. Right, like, right. The older the deer, oh, for doesn't sure. Like, yeah, so, like, yeah. an 8-pointer could be, like, way smarter than, like, a 10-pointer. So, like, oh, for sure. You shoot a He's, year and a half, or two-and-a-half-year-old 10-point, and 8-year-old eight 8-point. Eight well, what he told me is that 8-pointer that he shot was probably a 5-year-old, 4-year-old. Like, it was, it's not going to grow anymore. Like, its basket isn't going to get any bigger or whatever because it's declining in age or... I don't fucking know, honestly. I truly don't. Do but we sound like we know anything about this or not really? I mean, 
You're trying. Yeah, we're doing pretty good. But I mean, I'm going to be honest and tell you that I don't know. Well, I, Whatever. I wouldn't even, like, if you sat me down in a room with, like, Mark Kenyon, Greg Farrell, and all them whitetail gurus, I would be like you guys. I would be like, uh, I don't really know what you're talking about. Man, <laughs> like, he's talking mad shit about you right now, bro. <laughs> no, but I saw a video. What I was getting at with this is they go shed hunting a lot, and um, there's a private piece of property right next to them that is, like, a sanctuary, mm-hmm. you know? And the guy will let them, the old owner would let us hunt it, but, like, you had to pay him pretty good amount. But, like, then they would transfer into our food plot every four days or something, you know. They chase does into our food plot. And um, I saw this video where it's, like, go out if you're shed hunting or whatever. Go out shed hunting if you're a deer hunter right after a big snow, like where the deer is in survival mode. They're looking for food, right? And you find the confluence of all these different deer tracks in the heavy snow because that is their trail that they take all the time. So if they're taking that after a heavy snow, you're going to find them there in the rut. You're going to find them there, whatever. That's like their most trusted trail. Uh, and that's where you should set up a like a, a deer stand. I was like, fuck, that makes so much sense. But also like, you know, deer winter different areas. Like So like a deer that could be chilling out there and using that trail and number of the tracks you're seeing, like, he could be on the neighbors, you know, eating their corn the next year. Like, yeah, so who knows? Who I know. Knows? That, I know. Like a lot of people say, like you shouldn't base like your uh, your stand location off winter trails because obviously they always look like really good. Like, oh my god, the snow is packed down here. Like mm-hmm. I shouldn't set a stand here, but like you know, they've been using it for the last two or three weeks, and they're going from their bedding to the food and back to the bedding. You mm-hmm. know, they ain't acting a fool chasing women. You know, sure, and like. You know, in the rut, like, I've sat in stands and watched deer run behind my trail cameras that, like, they don't follow a trail. They're chasing tail, you know? Yeah, they're just chasing asterisk. Kind of like you. (laughs) (laughs) I found the tail, bud. Yeah, yeah, you're locked down. Yeah, in lockdown mode. (laughs) Just married. What are your plans this next year for Waterfowl, then, since you got the fire lit under you and you know so many people at this point? Like, we're... Where do you want to go? You don't have to give me like super oh, I'm specific, going but straight back to Canada. I might even go to Canada this spring. Really? Go Shoot see. snows? Well, Ben Webster's up there and he kinda gives me the open invite. You probably mm-hmm. like withdraw that now, like since <laughs> I said that. My buddy Colby <laughs> works for him. I kind of been just going wherever Colby goes. So he's in Texas. I went to Texas. He was in Canada this this fall. I went there. But I'll probably go to Canada for sure next fall. Like I'm just a sketch one and I mean like I was up for the like 12 days just didn't want to come home was like dreading the 24-hour drive back home mm-hmm. oh you can shoot like so much stuff up there and like they're so dumb they have eggshells on their beaks yeah you can go whop eight pintails i mean you come back to the states and it's one mm-hmm. how was getting through border security oh gosh so i went up there and go up to the thing and the lady like at the border crossing well, before this, I have to get my COVID test, and you have to get a COVID test within 72 hours that's negative, and mm-hmm. it can't be a rapid test. Right. So I go get one and uh, get my COVID results, drive to the border, and you have to fill out, you have to get your vax, you know. Joey, I know you're anti-vax, ain't you? Yeah, Yeah. well, I just don't want anyone to tell me that I have to do something. Yeah, so I did Very it. rebellious. I did it for the ducks. <laughs> got up there, filled out this other paperwork, got to the border, this lady with, like, a thick accent, I could barely understand her, so I'm like, what, what, what? And she's like... Like a French accent? Yeah. Yeah. And she's, like, asking me, like, did you already pay for your... How'd you pay for your hunting trip? I'm like, they're my buddies. I'm going up there to see them. Like, I'm hunting for free. And she's like, okay, okay, okay. And, like, 
asked me, like, do you have a handgun? I'm like, no, you can't bring a handgun across borders. I don't have one. And then she, like, asked me some other questions and comes back, do you have a handgun? I'm like, no, I don't have a handgun. So she's like, okay, you have to check a shotgun, right? I'm like, yep. She's like, okay, pull up to this parking spot. And I pull up there and go inside. Guy's like, here's the paperwork. Fill that out. I walk up there to give it to him. And he's like, all right, looks good. Is that your truck out there? It's the only truck in the parking lot. I'm the only guy inside. I'm like, okay. yep, <laughs> that is my truck. He's like, uh, you the owner of that? I'm like, yep, I own it. He's like, are you the only one that drives your truck? What in the fuck? I'm like, what? I don't know. Like, my dad's driven it. Like, my girlfriend's driven it. So other people have driven it besides me. And he's like, okay, uh, is it locked? I'm like, yeah, it's locked. He's like, do you have the keys? I was like, yes. He's like, I Can fucking I? drove here, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, how else did I get here? What? Teleported, and he's like, can I have them? I'm like, here you go. And he's like, okay, take a seat. Walks out, and he just starts tearing my truck apart. And I'm like... What? And, like, I didn't want to, like... I didn't have anything to hide, obviously, and like, but you still get nervous, especially. It's super when like, annoying, though. Like, yeah. what? He can't. And I don't even know if they can do that. Yeah. Oh, can. yeah. They have power to turn you oh, around. They can 100%. just tell you to fuck off. And yeah, go they back. bend you over. Yeah. So, like, the seat I'm in is like looking straight away from my truck, mm-hmm. and there's like two other guys and like type on the computer, but you can tell they're just like looking at you, seeing oh. if they're like nervous or whatever. So I don't even pull up my phone or nothing. I'm just sitting there, like. Don't play with your hands because that like is like a sign that you're nervous or whatever. So I'm just sitting there chilling, looking around. Guy comes back and he's like, "Do you have your yellow card?" It's like this card that they fill out like if you have to, like tobacco or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I hand it to him. And when I hand it to him, I see he has like a bag of Zin I was bringing across. My, mm-hmm. Like buddies wanted it. And they're like out, and I choose Zin and like I had a ton. It's not tobacco, you know. And the lady asked me, "Do you have tobacco?" And I'm like, "No, it's not right. tobacco." Right. And so I'm like, "Oh shit!" Like. Did I say wrong? Like, are they going to turn me around for this or whatnot? And then he finally comes back in after probably like 15 minutes of tearing my truck apart. And he's like, oh, you're good to go. And I asked him, I was like, oh, like, is that Zen fine? He's like, yeah, that's what I was looking at and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, you're good. Go back out. Like, when they tear stuff apart in your truck, like, they don't put it back. Like, sure. It's like fucking rip it apart. And it's is it just all over problem. the ground or what? No, it's like. In the truck. truck, Like, camera case open, like, duffel bag open, shit pulled out of the duffel bag, glove box hanging open, like, so my truck registration or whatever was sitting on my seat. That sounds insane. Go ahead. And it is insane, honestly. And then, like, so you go across the border, you have to have your mask on, everything. Like, everywhere you go, you got to, like, show your Vax card to get into the liquor store up there. And uh, they, like, you know, you take your ID and your Vax card out, and they have to, like, match. And, uh... Well, anyway, I was coming back, and I was like, okay, we're going to go back into the U.S. And they would joke, like, oh, you don't go out to worry about getting to Canada. You got to worry about getting back into the U.S., which wasn't worried. But I just roll up, and there's just a guy standing outside without a mask on, nothing. Like, no worries in the world. He's just like, oh, you coming back from hunting? I was like, yep. He's like, all right, sounds good. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I was like, he's like, no, he asked if I had a gun in there. I was like, yeah. He's like, you got the paperwork? I, like, showed it to him. He, like, just seen that I had papers, and he's like, yeah, you're good. Like, didn't care. Once you cross the border, he doesn't give a damn. Mm-mm. Not his problem. No, nope, not his problem anymore. Right. Did they, like, take down your information going into Canada? Oh, they have everything. Right, yeah. I mean, they have everything in that system. Like, they recorded that you came into the country at this time, whatever. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, Dude, everything is time-stamped. 
Yeah, there was like fill they, out so they much gave you shit. the sheet that you're like supposed to like write down like all the places that you visited and like all the people you came in contact with. But I just kind of like, it, which is which is pretty standard though. Like that's just an immigration form. Like you have to do all the same thing when you go to Mexico. You have to say who you're going to be in contact with. Correct. Uh, yeah, you have to say like who you're going to be seeing, and you have to say like the places that you're staying. Like you have to write down the resorts or the like Airbnb addresses that you're going to. Hmm. Yeah. Oh. Whatever. You know what I mean? Anyway, yeah. Last time I went to when I went to Canada before, like they didn't really ask. It was really? Like, oh, passport, check your guns, you're good. Crazy. Yeah. That was going to Winnipeg though. So. Yeah. I mean, you're still entering a Canada. different country. Right, yeah, it would be the same immigration forms. Yeah. Whatever. That's that's weird. Fuck it. Huh. Oh, yeah. So you would definitely go back though, no matter what. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm wearing I'm wearing their sweatshirt right now. Big fan. Prairie limits. Yeah. Book your book your hunt with Perry Limits. They let me hunt for a couple of days. There, <laughs> I paid my dues. <laughs> let me come back. But no, Canada. Like if you're looking to book a hunt a lifetime, like Canada, limits of ducks in the morning. Go out, come back, eat. Go out, kill your limit of ducks or geese. Swift swap. Lots yeah. Spacks. You got spacks. Kill a bunch of snows. Kill our limit of snows one evening. I mean, what is it? Twenty five up there. 20. 20. If you go to Alberta, then it's 50, I believe. Yeah. But they're baby Rossies. Dumbest, dumbest bird to ever fly. <laughs> so I crazy. Mean, it's funny. Ben was like, get down, cover up. Like, there's birds coming in. I'm, like, sitting with my blind doors open with, like, reflective sunglasses, like, looking at them as they're, like, decoying at 10 feet. It's like, yeah, these birds are dumb. We don't, we don't need to sit our layouts. <laughs> wow. But no, Canada's <laughs> super cool. Idaho's cool too. Sure. But what'd you uh what'd you think about filming for Meat Eater? Was it fun? Yeah, it was like a eye opening, learned a lot about like bigger style production, you know. So how's it different from the other shit you were doing? They're very on schedule. They have producers and all that, and like some of the other smaller projects we get, like it's kinda like, oh, just go do your own thing and like and report back, you know. Mm-hmm. So, what do you mean? Like, so, like, just walk us through. Like, what does that production actually look like? You're getting up tomorrow morning. Like tomorrow morning at seven a.m. Here's the week's schedule. Like, how does it actually look? Yeah. So, like, when we were like filming, uh, like the days we're like getting the farm ready and all that. I mean, like, you're cross shooting, so you have two cameras, and like the people that are talking are standing in like a half moon, and you're shooting cross angles each everybody's face, and then there's like a producer there or whatnot, uh, like kind of like looking over your shoulder, like making sure you guys are doing your job and like getting the angles you need and like just making sure everything is right. And plus she's kind of like he or she is like has kind of like a list of shots you need to get and things you need to go over. And so it's like. Is that like uh, when you say the shots that you need to get, is that angles or is that products? B-roll. Angles and products, like, I mean, like, even for, like, products, if you're shooting a product video, we didn't do this there, but, like, if you're doing it, it'd be, like, wide shot, tight shot, mid shot of this, or, like, mid shot of this zipper, or tight shot of this zipper, or wide shot of him flipping his hood up. It could be, like, really, you know, it could go down the list. It's pretty much just, like, a, you can get more creative after you get that list done, but, like, you need them shots on that list to get the video done. And like, that's like the meat and taters of the video. And then sure. Get a little fancy with the rest for like, so video. 
you said the producers over your shoulder. So are they telling you what shots to get as you're doing it? Or is it like a, Hey Hunter night before? No, these I are mean, the shots you need to do. You have like a, a shot list, like way in advance that, you know, and like kind of like a schedule of what you're all going to cover. They're not like generally like <coughs> peeking over your shoulder. Like, you kind of get on the same page, and they're like, okay, like, yeah, the dude knows what he's doing. I don't really have to babysit him. Sure. Crazy. So then you were talking about, like, a half-moon deal where you can see everyone yeah. in the blind. Do you feel like it's more focused on uh, making the episode or capturing, like, the the kill? Because if you're, like, situating people, situating people in the That was just for, like, half- talking pieces. Oh, for the talking so pieces. So say, like, yeah, three guys are sitting there talking instead of having, like, two guys with their backs facing you and one guy facing at them. You stand in, like, a half moon, so then two camera angles can get everybody's facial expressions while they're talking. Mm. And then you can cut back and forth. Like, Jimmy's talking, you have yeah. the camera on him, then Timmy's talking, and you switch so over to that. I'm picturing, like, an A-frame situation, and you're situating <laughs> your... It's not... That's no, not what we're no. talking about. Okay. This is, like, yeah, interview-style, like, like, talking, probably. When you're hunting for, like, the shows that I film for, like, it's not, like, the outdoor channel, like, where it's, like, oh, like, tell me when you're ready and when you're on them. Like, we're sitting there capturing, like, the real hunt. Like, if the guy ends up shooting the deer and it's behind a tree... At least you got, like, the raw emotion of everything happening. Mm-hmm. You kind of mentioned that, like, is it about, like, shooting the deer? And, like, it's number one, shooting the deer, number two, getting it on film. But, like, you better, if you don't have it on film, like, if the deer's behind the tree, you better just get, capture all the emotions. You sure. Know, all that, so. Is he down? Yeah. Is he down? <laughs> <laughs> so, one of my craziest days of hunting, you were actually there filming it. In Fergus? In Fergus. Oh, yeah. Do you remember when we cycled out three days, three groups of 16 clients out of the airport pit? I wasn't with them. You were filming that day? No, I wasn't. Mm -mm. What? Did you come the day after that? No, you got there. So, like, the first time you were hunting with me, I was there for a day before you, and you came the second day, and we were only there for two days. That must, I think that was the day after I left. Had to have been. Mm. Yeah, because, well, first of all, you were on the other side of the pit. Yeah, and you look like a, you showed up looking like a hobo. <laughs> Still remember that. I remember, I was like, who is that? Oh, wait. What do, you, what do you mean I looked like a hobo? You had, like, I don't know, like some grubby Bro, crew was he neck wearing... on, and like some insulated blue jeans with, like, some fur hanging out the bottom with, like, work boots and some greasy hair. That's like, exactly what you wear, dude. Like almost all the time. <laughs> I, I I was wearing flannel jeans because Scott would not shut the fuck up about it. He's like, yeah. "What in the dad jeans are you wearing, dude? You're like 24 <laughs> years old. Take oh those my things. My God, go change. Put a pair of bibs on. Something. Hide those things. Yeah, I remember. I was like, "Did Joey just get done roofing or what? <laughs> like, jeez. Yeah, dude. That's what he wears most of the time, honey. Oh, I have that. I have the picture because I know you took the picture from the day that I'm thinking of. You must have not have been for the day that we shot two hundred and eight geese. Oh, I think no. it was it was it was no. a stupefying amount of geese. I like know. seriously. I, you had a that must have been the day we left because I was there for like I think we shot like a sixteen I don't know how many that big pit like holds. Yeah. The air pit. The yeah. airplane or airport pit. Yeah, I think there's sixteen that it holds. Mm-hmm. So I filmed a fifteen dying and they're like, Okay, cameraman's time to shine and i remember i brought the 10 gauge with just because i figured like nobody would like expect the cameraman to whip out a 10 gauge 
And, uh, yeah, two came in. I think I shot two. And then a triple came in. And I, like, whiffed the first two shots and got one. And I, like, a Hail Mary 10-gauge, three-and-a-half double Bs poke at, like, 65. <laughs> I was like, oh. You know, when you got 15 people watching you shoot, it's a little different. Mm-hmm. So then stuff starts going through your head. Oh, yeah. You you doubt everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I just remember um, it was that one day we were – we, we definitely cycled clients out that day because it was just us in the blind later that day because you took the picture with your tripod and it was all of us lined up. It's like super far away picture. And was, like I'm climbing on Scott and Joe and we shot like two bands that day or something. I bet you I, I yeah, that was this. Was that the same? Was that in the airport pit? Mm-hmm. We must have left after we shot our limit because it starts. It was snowing that day. Mm hmm. I yeah. think we left with the first group of clients. Oh, yeah. No, I just remember, um, like, wanting to talk to you and Scott that day, and I was on the complete opposite side of the pit, and this is a 16-man pit, Cal. Like, it's oh, it's, a, it's, it. a, it's a ways out oh, from the other side, and I kept trying to, like, crawl through the pit, and you guys are, like, you were just so fucking focused on filming. Yeah. I was like, what's up, man? You're like, just doing do my job. I think I do remember that because there's so many geese doing it, and there was, like, 10 different people Snapchatting it when they're coming in. And after we would <laughs> right. shoot, everybody would sit there and like think of a caption. And there'd be 10 people's phones playing the same calling and everything mm-hmm. at once. And I'm like, dude, it was just driving me nuts. I was like, come on, kids, put your phone on silent. Like, you don't need to listen to that 10 times. Like, while you think of a caption for your story, like, <laughs> yeah, and everybody's just doing the same, like, oh, yeah. trained. You know, just call sequence. And, you know, Cal, one thing that's interesting about Hunter is how many years did you work for Scott? Two. Two? Yeah. Where you were with him, like, most of every week. Yeah. You know, like every week you were with him. And Hunter hit me up probably like two years ago, year and a half ago, and he goes, man, when you guys came out with the train note, I never knew what note that was, but you explained it perfectly. And uh, I figured out how to do it real quick. And I was like, dude, you worked with fucking Scott Trinan for two years. Why didn't you just ask him for help? And he's like, nah. (laughs) Why? (laughs) I keep to myself. But, like, why would you not just ask someone who's, like, way up there and is actually a pretty damn good teacher, honestly? Why wouldn't you just ask him to help you with shit like that? Just busy painting calls. Scott was busy tuning calls. and Working, dude. And system. And, you know, I didn't really want to take time on the day. Be like, oh, can you teach me this note? Because, like, you know Goose calling, like, you don't learn it in like five seconds. It's not like a no. guy goes, Oh, do this. And then it's like, Oh, okay. I got it. Like, yeah. you know, it takes like it takes five time. one hour car rides. And then you're like, Oh, I did it once. Mm-hmm. And then the next hour car ride, you're like, I did it 30 times, but now I can't do it every time. And then pretty soon you have it every time. Mm-hmm. But, oh yeah. Good old goose calling. It is pretty fucking annoying though about goose calling is like, uh, how hard it is to learn. How hard it is until you figure it out and you're like, wow, I'm so dumb. Like, how didn't what? I know how to do that with my, like, throat muscles? Like, doing, like, the double cluck or something like that? Yeah. Just, like, cutting off the first part of that second note. Like, <laughs> like I know. It's so easy to do. Like, I do that when I fake cough. Like, how couldn't I just figure <clears throat> that out on my own? But, right. no, my lips and tongue and lungs weren't behaving. Like, it's, I know. it's I frustrating. Think, I think you get this other part of your brain where you think of how it should be done. Mm-hmm. And then you're trying to do that in the call, and then someone tells you, no, you need to do it like this. And you're like, but my brain wants to do it like this. It's, I think it's just bad habits. Yeah. Especially if you've been trying to. So, like, 
I've been teaching goose calling lessons for two and a half years, two years now. And um, it's so much easier to teach someone who's never goose called before oh, than I, it is for someone who's been goose calling like for that. 20 years the wrong way. Yep. Oh, my God. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good old goose calling. Minnesota's a good place to teach goose calling lessons because no matter how good you are at calling in Minnesota, there's always going to be somebody that's better than you. Like, Oh, my the God. The standard of goose calling in Minnesota is insane. Like, people ask you, how good a goose caller you are? And you're like, eh, I'm all right. And then you go to, like, a different state, and you're like, oh, damn, I'm really good. Then you come <laughs> back here, and you go hunt Rochester <laughs> with two world champions. And you're like, yeah, I just won't pick my call up today. <laughs> like, let me just do a little cluck here and a murmur here. <laughs> yeah. Right. I was going to ask, like, I, it's really interesting because I watch videos where they're hunting geese in other parts of the country, big geese, and the calling is not good, but the geese are going to do it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And then here, I feel like you could be, like, in a really good situation. And if your calling's really bad, like, you could really ruin your situation. Like, Rochester, you're like, oh, we need at least 10 people that are really good on a goose call in order to kill a goose. It's wild. It's crazy. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. <clears throat> yeah, it is. I tell you what, though, man. Kansas this year, I was there for eight days in uh, north central Kansas. Bro, those geese were hard. They were difficult. To play with. Like, they they weren't responding to shit. Really? If your hide wasn't perfect. And apparently they were getting poked on pretty hard this year because a bunch of new outfitters came into that area. That's but every year in Kansas. Yeah, well, this area in, in particular, it was just more difficult this year because people would come in and lease, in every, lease up everything. and oh, yeah, Money goes a long way. Yep, in middle of nowhere, Kansas, where yeah. people's mortgages are two hundred and seventy five dollars a month. You Paradise Plains, or what's I was that? with Paradise Plains. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually hunted with them like a year out of college. Really? Before they even started that. Well, you're hunting with and, Tate and John. No, not Tate. John, and then who's the other one? Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. Yep. Hunting with them. Like mm. I have a picture of us three, and we all look like we're like twelve years old. <laughs> so, I never met Jackson. I met John Rufty. I okay. was hanging out with him for eight days, but yeah, he's a good dude. Oh, yeah. He's funny, dude. Well, Hunter, thank you so much <laughs> for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. It's been a blast. I feel like if you're in Minnesota this much, then you need to help us try to kill a turkey. Yeah, come on down. We'll, I mean, let us let me come up here and pick Fuck on yeah, these dude. Just come in my yard, I was yeah. going to say. <laughs> Flatland turkeys, they're the best. You can just drive around <laughs> and see them. There's no hills for them to hide dude, behind. Dude, let's, let's piss everyone off here and let's just fucking reap a turkey. Yeah. How about that? Get the sensitive turkey hunters out. So if someone wants to follow you, they follow you at at Hunter Rudd? Yep, at Hunter Rudd. All one word. (laughs) Perfect. Just just sound it out because if you do Hunter Rudd, you're going to end up with an E at the end. Right. Yeah, Yeah. Hunter Rudd. Well, thank you, Hunter, for coming on. Appreciate you guys. Leave us a review. We'll see you soon. One more thing really quick. 